Call America is a history podcast about what makes America great. I'm Carl Joseph Black, a Brooklyn native born into the cult. And I'm Lisa Charlotte, an Australian migrant who totally bought into it from afar. Each episode, we unpack the American way of life from an outsider's perspective, from the Pledge of Allegiance to American exceptionalism and more. We'll dive into the history and share our personal experiences, along with discussion of some actual cults along the way. Listen to Cult America on a Three Springs Media Network, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On today's episode, we review a portrait of a lady on fire, directed by Celine Siyama and shot by Claire Marthon, a riveting film where the camera is as much of a character as anyone else. Today we're going to be talking about Portrait of a Lady on Fire as a part of our Women in Cinematography episode. We recently saw Portrait of a Lady on Fire, um, which has a female director and female cinematographer. Um, The director of it is Lene Sciamma, and the cinematographer is Claire Mathen. Um, And it's about a young painter who's commissioned to do a wedding portrait of a woman who has just left the convent after her sister dies. And it's like a love story between them over the course of maybe like two weeks. About kind two of. Weeks. Yeah. Two weeks. And I personally I really enjoyed it. Um I think it was like a beautiful film. Um it also it was like good acting, beautiful cinematography, which is you know why we're talking about it. Um and yeah, what about you? Yeah, I feel the name was fitting as far as every shot could be a portrait or a picture on a wall because it was so well shot. Um, yeah, the lighting was good. The colors were really well done. And it was just a beautiful film. Now, the story, while I enjoyed it, I didn't feel like it touched me as much as some movies of a similar vein. Like, I have to compare it to Moonlight because it kind of reminded me of that in a way, in the mm. way that it was more of a slow burn of a relationship. Mm. And it was about just... um these people in a world where their kind of love wasn't accepted. So Moonlight is the first thing that comes to mind. But it wasn't as well written and done as Moonlight. But it was just as well shot. You know what I think, though? What I liked about it was the fact that... So we talked about how it had like a woman director and a woman cinematographer. I think that there was maybe... You've seen a man in the film like one or two times... Throughout the it was just a man entirety. in the beginning of the movie, basically. Who yeah, was the one the taking end. her to the yeah. So it was really like they were on this island, wherever, and then after a certain something happened, um, it's just what's their name, um, Marianne Heloise, and another maid for a period of time, and they're kind of just living freely in a way that they won't be able to again. So it's kind of like a snippet of time that they won't get back, but they're enjoying it kind of to, like, the best that they can for the time that they have. Um, I also like how they tied in that Greek myth about... Um, what? Remember about the river sticks and there was a, a man... They mentioned that in the movie? Yeah. Well, anyways, <laughs> for, for those of us who are paying attention, um, they mentioned this Greek myth about... Um, a man and he went into what's hell called okay he went into the underworld um 
and asked Hades to get back his wife and he said a poem or something and um, Hades was like, yeah, you can have her back and she'll be back in the real world as long as you don't turn around before you get to the door. And he did it. He walked and walked and walked. They got to the door. And at the very last moment, not believing she was really there, he turned around and looked. And then she was gone. And you remember that imagery of her in white in the wedding dress? Yeah. They kept showing that was kind of like her turning and seeing her in the wedding dress and knowing that eventually she was going to be taken away. So I thought, like, I liked the way they tied that into the film. Um... And I like the fact that they, like, didn't use music. It was very weird for there a while. There was some music, but it was very quiet at a lot of points. It was very sparing. atmospheric sound, yeah. Yeah. They had, like, one or two of the same songs, which was a good song. You got to listen to the um, soundtrack. It's going to be, like, one song. But <laughs> yeah, and, like, variations. Overall, I think it was really well used. Yeah, like... And it's shocking that this movie wasn't nominated for a cinematography award. Like, I'm really surprised that it wasn't because it was so well shot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this film just wasn't in consideration at all because... Um, Who's was the, the it was production of it? What do you mean? The production company behind it. I don't know the production company, but I know it's a French film. Oh, okay. And I know that for American award shows... Um, yeah, that's hard to get in. You own, well, countries can only submit one film, and France submitted this film called Les Mesolabes. Yeah. Um, so Portrait of Lady on Fire wasn't even in consideration, and I think if it had been in consideration, you probably would have seen some... it for like cinematography. Yeah. Um, and best foreign film, obviously most likely. Um, but they didn't submit it, so it wasn't in contention. But I think it did win some awards at um, I guess the French Oscars and Close Caesars or something like that. But. Yeah, like I said, I could only think of... I think I wrote down there were, there were three times they used music that I remember, which was um, the piano singing... The piano, when she played the piano for like two minutes, when they went to the uh, the bonfire or whatever, and the woman started singing, because I was very confused for a minute. I was like, where's yeah. the sound coming from? Um, yeah. yeah. And then at the very end... Um, and I don't want to spoil it, but you know the scene I'm talking about at the very end. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Well, music and, was a theme of the, mu- the movie in general. Yeah. Because you had the one where she was playing piano. and Also, back then, the only time people could hear music was when it was played aloud. Like, I mean, but if no you... soundtrack. If you think about movies, that's... That's not... That doesn't tend to hold true, you know, in terms of playing music because it tends to be like the score over a scene or the soundtrack over a scene so it's not like the characters are like oh whoa what's going on like they don't hear the music it's just building atmosphere and I think music obviously you know can build atmosphere but I think having the lack of it and the lack of a lot of sound also makes a difference um, a lot of this movie I think it's intentional because a lot of this movie was visual storytelling yeah very much so and I think by dialing down on the music you appreciate it like, I feel like every shot in this movie was pre-planned and written down. And yeah. And was not used. Like, every shot was used with the purpose. Like, there was no dead frame. Like, I feel like you go through that movie frame by frame. Mm-hmm. And every shot was planned for. Yeah. And I think that fits into the theme of the movie. And so the woman was a vis- portrait artist. 
Mm -hmm. Um, Much of it was about looks and all these other preconceived notions that tend to affect women. And it was just, even when she was talking about um, how she perceived her in her painting and she didn't appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of that goes to beauty standards and all this other stuff. It's like she made her look way softer than she did in real life. Mm -hmm. And I think that using the visual themes in the movie fit what the director was trying to do. Like it was consistent with its theme. Like they never veered off that in any way. Yeah, I also think a part of it was like um, with the with I don't know if I should say the initial portrait, whatever. It was like capturing um. There's like a painting in the movie that doesn't capture who she is, for real. So like, then they go back to say, how do I capture you as you are, even if it is a portrait? Because I think the whole point is that portraits are kind of soulless because it's just like you in this unnatural habitat. And, you know, then they didn't have photography. So portraits are the only thing that you could use to... And regardless of the subject, they still had rules they had to follow. Like when uh-huh. she did the first painting, she's like, oh, why do I look like this? And she's like... Well, there are rules that I gotta follow, and that's like, well, the rules yeah. are nothing like me, so why are you following those rules? Mm-hmm. And then I think another thing was talking about like gays and stuff. Um, I like how in the beginning of the movie, because the whole point is that uh, Heloise doesn't know that Marianne is her is a painter. She thinks she's a companion to go with her on walks. Um, so the way they frame it, so that you see the way that. You're like they put you in Marianne's shoes, so you're studying Heloise the way Marianne is to kind of understand her to you know get that portrait. And you also you also flip it and reverse it. I feel like that sounded like a Missy Elliott song that was not on purpose. Um, but you see Heloise studying Marianne too, and there's a whole scene about that that it I think works really well. well too. When you, you catch her trying to look at her without her looking back, yeah, and it's like. It's just really good storytelling, I think. Yeah. When you could tell a story with, like, since film is a visual medium for the most part, when you could tell a story with just the camera and its angles, mm-hmm. that's a very effective way of getting it done. Because mm-hmm. it would, like, they'll be walking and she'll glance over and they'll be having a conversation, but you know at the same time she's trying to study her features. Mm-hmm. And they don't have to say, like, a narration, like, as whatever her name is, studies the features. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, they do a close up of her eyes, then they do a close up of the other woman's cheekbone. Mm-hmm. And then they go back to her eyes as it like kind of squints, mm-hmm. and you catch the fact that she's studying her at this moment, and that's just really effective storytelling right there, which goes to gives credit to the director and the cinematographer. Yeah, I agree. I also think um, one thing I liked was like the side plot. I won't talk about too much about what it's about with the other maid, because mm-hmm. I think it also showed like hardships of women in that time period and like the freedom to make certain choices and stuff and how they had to go about it in ways that are probably, you know, more life threatening or dangerous than it would be in like modern days. But it shows that even though people don't think about things, may not think about things like that going on then, it still, you know, occurred and it still happened. And I think that was interesting, but yeah, overall, like I really enjoyed it. I, would 100% recommend it to someone to go see if it's playing there. That, well, no. I would, but it's a slow burn. Everyone's about to enjoy that kind of well, movie. Well, yeah. Slow. I think, I, okay, I take that back. I think I, there were certain friends or certain people that I would recommend go see it. If you enjoy 
slow burn movies if you enjoyed something like a moonlight or something like I don't know from last year waves or something like yeah. that where they're a bit slower I think it's one of, it's always have like a, a, a group of movies where it's like everyone won't enjoy it but everyone will appreciate the quality of it think I think it's one of those movies yeah. where it's like not everyone's gonna enjoy it because it's a very slow movie but everyone could appreciate the quality of it like yo this is a really well mm-hmm. made film it's also in French, which yeah, some people are anti-subtitle. But it's like that dude from um, Parasite said, "What do you say about the like, one-inch barrier? Get yeah, over the one-inch one barrier. barrier, yeah." Because there's so there's so many good movies that a lot of people won't see because it's subtitled. But I think if you give foreign movies a chance, you can find like a lot of gems out there. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of That Brooklyn Film Show. The next episode, we will be discussing director Wong Kar Wai. So stay tuned and thank you. Bye-bye.